It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Steelers have gotten back to their winning ways for at least a week. We'll see how long this lasts, but Steelers fans, we are excited to be coming back at you after a victorious weekend in Steelers country. It is the Steelers fix. My name is Andrew Wilbar alongside the legendary Jeremy Betts. Jeremy, how's it going? It's going great, man. I always love talking to you a little bit more after a victory than uh, after a defeat. And so I haven't enjoyed our discussions a lot recently, but hey, we got a a good discussion. This I'm just kidding. I always enjoy our discussions, no matter what the Steelers do. But now uh, we're recording this on Sunday night, so the win is fresh in our minds. It was a fantastic day for Steelers fans, and uh, you know it's it's nice to be on that W train again for however long it may be. I think we should put out a poll on Twitter asking how many Steelers fans are happy we won and how many Steelers fans are sad we won because it's getting to that point, Jeremy. <laughs> Every Steelers fan knows Mike Tomlin yeah. is still the head coach. It would be the most Mike Tomlin thing for the Steelers to go eight and nine or seven and ten, yes. be picking fifteenth or sixteenth, not be in a position to either trade back or get a premier player in the draft, and still miss mm. the playoffs. What is your yeah. feeling right now as it pertains to the Steelers' victory? Are you obviously you always try to win? The, there, there should never be a mentality yeah. of we're trying to lose that you don't do that to your culture. But at, you as a fan seeing the Steelers record, seeing what's going on, would you rather see just good improvement in a losing fashion, see a good effort, good improvement in losing fashion, or do you still think there's hope in the Steelers season to be able to uh, turn it around? It, it's it's a tough call. I mean, you you get to two and six, and you kind of mentally give give it up, if you will, you know? 
And then the bye week hit and you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe they have a shot to turn this thing around a little bit. And then they come out with a win and the Steelers fan in me is like, okay, let's, let's go. Let's get this, uh, get this train rolling. If they can beat Cincinnati this coming week, week 11 and sweep that series in the division this year, um, you know, that would be, that would probably take me from kind of on the fence, which is where I am right now to, okay, let's let's see what we can do this year because um the division it may be a little bit out of reach at this point but you still got two games against the ravens who are in the lead and you still got one against cincinnati and one against cleveland and so the those parts of your of your schedule are uh completely in, in your grasp and the steelers uh season is up to them still at this point they don't need help from anybody if they go out and win football games and they win a lot of football games in the second half of the season, then their destiny is in their own hands. So, uh, you know, that gives you hope as a Steelers fan that maybe this year um, gives these guys a little more uh, growth. Uh, Kenny Pickett and George Pickens and uh, these young guys on offense and some of the younger, con- newer contributors on defense, like, hey, we can do this and we can build off of these experiences uh, in pressure situations for the future and if that's the case then i trust the steelers to make good use of a mid to late round um first round pick and an early second and a mid to late round second draft round draft pick and if you think about it that's plenty enough ammunition if they wanted to trade up into the top 10 this year and take a defensive player that might fall because quarterbacks are going to go early and often in this year's draft you know, that's an opportunity potentially for them to still land a player and gain more out of this season. It's going to be interesting to see how big of an impact, once the games get more difficult, the impact that TJ Watt does make. And we're going to get to some takeaways here in just a second. Yeah. But before we get into any of it, what do you think the biggest takeaway was from TJ Watt specifically in the impact he had on today's game? I think it's just what he does to the opposing offense's scheme. I mean, we saw it all game long it's a tackle on a tight end on his side of the field or it's the it's a running back coming out to chip and you know giving the offensive tackle help or it's a quick pass or it's a running play and so it totally dictates the entire game his mere presence on the field he didn't have a sack today but his backside pursuit in the run game was still fantastic his get off is still next to none and the way he affects the the offensive game plan allows for other players on the defense to really step up. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But you saw that immediately from play one of his presence on the field, how that affects what what the what the rest of the defenders can do, like Cam Hayward and uh, Alex Highsmith on that defensive line. Before we get into any more of it, make sure you check out the cutting room floor podcast with jeffrey benedict he is is on tuesday as well fantastic podcast there are so many good ones at btsc um but we appreciate uh jeffrey benedict and his outstanding outstanding work in terms of film breakdowns just his knowledge of the game it is he is a very interesting guy to listen to if you have never checked his show out make sure you go and check it out as well as the scobro show which is on layer tonight on youtube and will be posted shortly thereafter on all podcast platforms so make sure you go and check them out if you want a fun easy to listen to podcast they are the ones for you they have fun they have a great balance on the show of fun and 
good perspective as well. So make sure you go and check them out. But takeaways, Jeremy, yeah. whether there, there's a lot of things you can take away because it's been a while since we've been in this winning situation. Right. Yeah. So where are you going with your biggest takeaways from today's game? Or, well, again, we are recording this Sunday night. So yeah. uh, we're, I'm saying today, but obviously you all are hearing this on Tuesday. Uh, but what are you, were your biggest takeaways from the game against the Saints? Yeah. So I think it uh, it starts for me on the offense with the running game. And uh, we called for a more even split in the uh, carries between Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. And I think that helped to a degree this week. But even more so than that, Andrew, was that Najee Harris stopped dancing around in the backfield. I mean, from play one, he was hitting holes. Um, he was allowing what this offensive line does best, which is make initial contact uh, to the design of the play, right? They're not going to hold blocks like the offensive lines of yore with Le'Veon Bell behind them, you know, just kind of, you know, letting the play develop where he can read the linebackers and then pick the hole that he wants. No, the way that this offensive line has to be structured, the way this running game has to be structured is that if it's a, it's, if it's a 22 dive, then it needs to be run as a 22 dive. That's how they're going to block it initially. And that's where you're going to find your hole. And that's what Jalen Warren had found success doing in, in a relief role. And Najee Harris, whether that's coaching saying, Hey, you got to quit it and you got to just go hit the hole. You're a powerful guy, take advantage of it. Or whether he figured it out on his own today, that's exactly what it was. And that split between those two allowed for each of their strengths to come shine through for the team. And I think between the two of them, they provided three runs uh, or catches of 20 yards or more. And that's exactly what this Steelers team needs to do to win. That's got to be their identity moving forward with a rookie quarterback under center. And you hit it with the offensive line because I I truly believe that the best way in the modern day to be able to run the football, if you can do it, is that patient running style because it's so difficult to defend as a defender. You get there quickly and then you overrun the play, especially when you have these smaller linebackers that are coming out that uh, sometimes the biggest issue is overrunning plays and they're not equipped and they're not typically ready for the patient style of running. It's difficult to defend. We saw that with Le'Veon Bell. But you have to have the offensive line for it. And the Steelers, hopefully they've finally realized that they don't have that type of offensive line. And the best way for Najee to have success is just to hit that hole as quick as possible. If the hole's there and if the hole's not there, go full speed ahead and hope you can create one. Um, (laughs) Right. uh, But I I agree completely with the running game. Um, For me, Alex Highsmith is yeah. a different player when TJ Watt is healthy. 100%. And even when TJ Watt's not 100%, but when he is faced with one-on-ones, this guy is becoming an elite, elite defender. It, yeah. it, I, the, once you can, you can fully say he's elite when he can do this without TJ Watt, but th- there's not very many people on planet Earth that can do that, okay? I mean, the, yeah. the Steelers have, <laughs> you could argue, one of the top five to seven pass rushers in the league right now and Alex Highsmith, and that's just not going strictly by just his sack numbers. It's just going by his overall ability and his development in the Steelers' scheme. And I think that's been aided by Brian Flores some as well. Uh, you can see his uh, fingerprints on the way the Steelers are scheming up blitzes um, and getting to the quarterback. I, I think Alex Highsmith, he is he just takes it to another level when he, the tension is not on him and he's not the main guy. He is the best number two pass rusher in the NFL right now, in my opinion. 
And yeah. I also got to say, the offensive line actually did do some run blocking for once. They now, did. I know yeah. New Orleans, <laughs> yes, isn't, did. their defense isn't quite what people were expecting it to be, but still it was encouraging to see something in that department. Um, but it, it seems like no matter what week it is, we can never get both pass blocking or yes. run blocking. The Steelers <laughs> give up six sacks. Part of it was because, you know, Kenny was holding on to the ball too long some, yes. and just very indecisive. But – it, it's still not perfect, but at least we saw something. It, it looked like a team that had a bye week and was actually trying to make yes. some changes, which is something that I don't ever remember happening under a Mike Tomlin team before. The Steelers typically come out flat out of a bye week. It takes them a while to get going. Even if they win, it's usually in sloppy fashion. It was encouraging to see the Steelers actually come out of a bye week with a purpose, which is something we hadn't seen from this team in a few weeks. Yeah, and going back to your point about not getting great pass blocking this week. That was going to be one of my other points here. One of my other takeaways was, you know, for as much as we were confident in Kenny Pickett's readiness to jump in day one and and run a pro style offense, he's looked a little shaky in the pocket. um, Especially this week where on several drives uh, in the second half, you know, and part of this is encouraging should be encouraging for Steelers fans. And the other part is like, man, come on, let's just get it together here, is that they left They left probably at least six points on the field with the two missed field goals by Matthew Wright uh, in the second half, but they should have scored touchdowns on a couple of those drives as well. They left easily 14 points on the field. They scored 20, and, I mean, the defense did force a couple turnovers, but the offense did a lot of work, a 99-yard drive uh, that ended up in – was that one the one that ended up in zero points because of the missed field goal? But it was like just such a perfect drive by Kenny Pickett and company there until you got into the red area. And then Kenny Pickett just looked lost when the field shrunk in the pocket. So in on one hand, it's encouraging. He's a rookie. He's going to make some of those mistakes. He's hopefully going to learn from those. And you're leaving points on the field and you did so in a, in a winning effort. But on the other hand, it's like, come on, Kenny, this is week five. You're, you've been starting five weeks now and it's time to um, get some of these things rolling no one to get rid of the ball and um you know don't don't get too jittery back there and see ghosts and start ducking and diving before somebody's actually there and uh get some of that pocket presence that you were so he, he was so good at it his last year at, at Pitt. you know it was just one of those things we kind of took for granted um but nfl defenses are are a different animal and we're seeing that a little bit for kenny but like i said encouraging that uh you win with 20 points and your defense stands up, holds them to z- holds the other team to zero in the second half, and uh, you left points on the field. It could have been an, an even bigger blowout. Probably should have been. When you said Kenny seeing ghosts, I think every Steelers fan just lost a little bit for a second and just stopped. Wait a minute. We don't have Where another have Sam heard- Darnold on our hands here. <laughs> don't even go down that route. We don't want to talk Hopefully about that. Hopefully not. Oh, man. Fingers oh. crossed that that is not the way it goes. You know uh, – I was looking back on it a little bit, and I don't know if you remember Drew Brees, his first couple years in the league for the San Diego Chargers. Um, Considering the fact that I was, you know, not much a toddler, I don't really remember it. (laughs) Drew Brees had a lot of those, these similar kind of ticks in his game early on where he would just kind of feel the pressure. He got sacked a lot his first year. Um, They lost. Uh, some close games and um, a lot of that affected him early on. It wasn't really until the change of scenery going to new Orleans that he really stepped up 
his game. But um, I mean, it's it just goes to show you you can't write a guy off after five games. You can't write a guy off after his whole rookie year. You shouldn't even really write a guy off after two years. It's that third year that really makes that really counts, especially at a quarterback position for a guy like Kenny Pickett, who um, has to has to compensate for a lack of a big arm and a lack of elite athleticism uh, with smarts and awareness. And he's got to figure some of those things out against NFL defenses. So encouraging signs for the Steelers and for Steelers fans, don't give up on this guy yet because it's a long process. And even some of the greatest of all time took two to three years to get enough experience under the belt under their belts to be able to pick apart defenses. So it can still happen. Even if we don't see it this year, even if we don't see it in full next year. And Josh Allen, his first year in the league yeah. was not good at all. It was horrible. A lot of people were pegging him as a bust. It's just the overall, it, it's not just the Steelers fan base. It's every fan base impatience and expectations that, outweigh reality. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. It, everything takes time. If the, our, if our society in general was just more patient overall, yeah. <laughs> we're patient for just everyday things. I think we would be better off. But before we move on, Jeremy, you mentioned something about uh, earlier about Matthew Wright. Uh, hmm. If the Steelers don't go on a winning streak here, I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot. But what are, is the criteria that you would be going with as the general manager of, okay, do should we bring in another kicker? Do we need to bring in another kicker? Is it necessary based upon our record? Is yeah. it important enough to us for just a few weeks before hopefully Chris Boswell returns? Uh, you know, how do how important do you think it is or do you or how long do you give Matthew Wright before you consider bringing in some competition? Yeah, I think uh I mean you got to consider the fact that he missed a 48-yarder into the open yeah. end of the stadium. Uh, so that's a tough kick for anybody in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Um so I kind of I don't really um knock him on that one. That was a high snap on that one as well. Yeah. Um so tough kick, tough tough uh hold and everything um but the other one a 33 yard kick that's kind of like we don't like that you got to get that one through the uprights um and give your team those points so i'd say you know another game similar to this one where um you know some shaky kicks even a couple that he made were a little shaky you know kind of curling off at the end or looked a little um duckish he had one blocked one tipped as well um that went through so it's not ideal. I'd give him one more game. I'd say, you know, go out against Cincinnati. If he makes all his kicks, if he uh, pops through a 45 yard or something like that, and you're like, okay, he's got enough leg to get some of these and we don't have to go for it on fourth down every time, you know, then that's something to where you give him more chances and you say, we can ride with this guy until Boswell comes back, but say he goes out and he just whiffs on some, on 35 yard kicks again, a couple of them, um, misses an extra point or something like that, then I think you you go back to the waiver wire and you say, hey, you know, especially like if if you lose to Cincinnati by three and you miss two field goals or a field goal and an extra point, you know, and you're like, if 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 we had Boz, we win this game, then I think that that's something you consider as well. Well, we're on special teams. Where are you at with Presley Harvin right now? I thought he punted well uh, this last game. His hang times were good for sure. And his first couple punts were were really good, but – um, I mean, he's not spectacular. Uh, he's not anything special. I think you were, when you draft a guy in the sixth round as a punter who, uh, I believe at the time he had the longest, um, punt average in NCAA history or something like that. 
um, for one season. It was something weird like that, that he just had some crazy good season. Um, you hope that translates a little bit better to the NFL. The consistency is what, what I'm not a huge fan of. That's the big thing. What do you do with Danny Smith at this point? Because, you know, the Steelers special teams has had the knack the past few years of making some big time plays, but at the same time for years, the Steelers punting situation has been bad. So you've got to start wondering, is it truly the punters or is it the special teams coordinator and his philosophy of, you know, hang time versus distance? You know, what is the mindset there? Uh, We'll have to see as time goes along, see how Danny Smith tries to fix the Steelers punting and kicking game. But Jeremy, it is time for our two minute drills. I believe I started last week, so let's go with you okay. to start off this week. Let me get my timer up. Uh, it's been interesting in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention last week in the BTSC Fantasy League about, I believe it was two or three weeks ago, and remember, we're going to the hundredth of a point. I actually tied yeah. someone. Whoa, really? Oh, yeah, I, I've never had that happen before in fantasy, even in like if you do whole points or in hundreds of points, but I've never had it in a hundredth of a point. I've never even seen anyone in a hundredth of point league tie. Yeah. Um, wow. So I am not doing well in that league. I think I'm three, five and one going into today. Um, hmm. Something like that. Um, yeah. It's been rough. I think I'm losing again this week. It's, it's been rough with when you drafted cam Akers and oh, yeah, yeah. Cortland Sutton, some other receivers that just haven't panned out. Uh, yeah. It looked good on paper at the start of the year. It looks stacked. Sure. Um, yeah. But, uh, Joe Mixon's doing okay. So, um, yes, he, ha- he is. He was on by this week, though. So that, that gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I tied a guy, um, in a standard league that was a, it's a whole point league, um, just a couple weeks ago. So that's happened to me once already this year. Um, but it's not fun. It's not fun to get those ties. You no, want a winner. Not... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like the NFL, yes. 75% of the time it's probably going to work out as a loss for you. So, yep. you know, you kind of would just rather a win or a loss, but, um, Interesting, nonetheless. Jeremy, are you ready for your two-minute drill? I'm ready, man. Let's do it. All right. Good bets and bad bets starts now. We're going to start with some good bets. And, uh, Andrew, a guy you and I were in love with during the draft process, Christian Watson had his breakout against the Dallas Cowboys today. Three touchdowns, two of them long catches, and Aaron Rodgers finally starting to trust the young guy, the the kid, uh, six foot four, 220 pounds, blazing speed he showed all that today he finally caught some some passes uh got on rogers good side so uh he's a guy to to stash uh if if he's been floating around on leagues because he's had or on waivers uh high priority waiver add with romeo dobbs uh hurting and the packers wide receiver situation in flux get in on christian watson justin fields continues his unbelievable rampage through the nfl from a fantasy perspective, another 45 PPR points today uh, from the quarterback position. So you probably got 45 out of him, even if it was a standard league, um, a 67 yard touchdown run a week after he had a 61 yard touchdown run. He's just on fire. He needs to be starting every week for you. Uh, it might even start him on his bye week He's been that good. Uh, and then a teammate of his Cole Komet, Where's he been all year? He's finally here. Two touchdowns in back-to-back games. Cole Komet is pushing for tight end one numbers and and, and, uh, reliability now that this offense is starting to roll. So I like Cole Komet. All right, let's get on to some bad real quick. Um, Running back struggles. A.J. Dillon, DeAndre Swift, who scored a touchdown today but only scored eight points, even with scoring a touchdown. That's terrible. Alvin Kamara, the Steelers really shut him down. So some – 
running backs you were you were trying to rely on a little bit. AJ Dillon as a guy kind of in that swing spot, that flex spot, not good this week. And then the Rams offense just is is a dumpster fire. And without Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup scored and two time. fantasy points. Good grief. Uh, two fantasy points. Unbelievable. Wow. You're talking about patience. We're going back to the yeah, good yeah. bets for a second. Patience sometimes does work out. Now, obviously, some of these yeah. guys, most people could not afford holding them on their bench this long. But guys that we were telling you all about to draft, Cole Komet, yep. Christian Watson, these guys are finally starting to come around. It just took a little bit longer than what we had anticipated. Offenses are getting some kinks worked out, and it's finally starting to – the tide's finally starting to turn a little bit. It is. Two weeks in a row for Cole Komet having a top two fantasy day at tight end uh, in PPR leagues. And that's after uh, putting up a top 11 performance in the, the third week before that. So uh, he's on a roll and he needs to be starting uh, for, for your team. Yeah, definitely. Are you actually hang on for a second because I need to look up one of my previous articles, my, my previous draft articles, because there's a guy I want to mention, but I forgot to add him into our notes, Jeremy. Um, I believe it was the week nine preview. Yes, it was. I've got a, no, it was week 10. So it was last week's someone that I need to mention that I keep forgetting to during this time. Um, There we go. All right. Apologize about that, but I need to mention him because I meant to last time, Sure, but I completely forgot about him. This is a guy that Steelers fans need to take into account as the draft gets closer. All right. Sounds good. And uh, to clarify one thing from my bad bet segment, I didn't realize this, but I just saw it on Twitter. Uh, Cooper Cup actually got hurt in that game, and I don't think he finished the game. So that had part of something to do with his uh, lower output, uh, but doesn't appear to be significant. Uh, He might miss a week or two, but he should be back. So, um, all right, Andrew, you ready? I am. Let us know who to look for in three, two, one, go. Let's start in the Big 12. DeMarvian Overshone, inside linebacker from Texas, mentioned him earlier this season. He hasn't made a ton of splash plays, but in a loss, in a losing effort against TCU, albeit only giving up 17 points, pretty good for Texas. Um, Overshone had 11 tackles, had a half a sack, but he just played some really sound defense. He was a sound tackler. Uh, He made good plays, good decisions against the run, shooting gaps quickly. Um, He's a guy to keep an eye on. Um, Male Sala Amave Lalu, offensive tackle from Oregon. This guy is um, a, one of the top Juco um, prospects just a couple years ago. Uh, a guy who's uh, he's a people mover, six foot six, 330 pounds. He's got some mass to him. Uh, his weight is listed different on different sites. Not sure which one to trust at this point, but he can move people at left tackle. He he is a well-rounded prospect. There were some he had some struggles in a couple games earlier this year, but was really good this past week. Um, even, despite being again in a losing effort, uh, had a very good game. Did not allow a sack. Did not even allow a pressure. Um, excellent job. Alex Forsyth, the center, mentioned him not that long ago. And then if you want another guy, this is the guy that I forgot to mention a couple weeks ago. Um, Cedric Van Praan, center from Georgia, six foot four, three hundred and ten pounds. This guy. If I think Mason Cole's done an okay job, don't get me wrong. But if the Steelers want to build their offensive line seconds. around 10 seconds, 
30 seconds. Oh, 30 seconds. Okay, never mind. Cedric Van Braun, <laughs> center from Georgia. Keep an eye on this guy. This guy looks like a Steelers center. He's athletic. He's physical. He's got super high upside. A chance to be one of the best centers in the league. And then Olu Sagan, Oluwatimi, center from Michigan. Keep an eye on this guy. Blake Corum's running well, but a lot of it's because of that offensive line. Then Byron Young, defensive lineman, Alabama, two sacks, 11 tackles, and a win against Ole Miss. Hey. Man, that's good stuff. <laughs> oh, you hear that? I actually did. It didn't cut it out as uh, background noise. Good deal. All right. Hey, we might Mine have always here. cuts it out as background. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe my microphone settings. We'll have to take a look at that afterwards. But yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the <laughs> the Georgia O line has been moving people all year, but he's been a big reason for that there, and you know, probably is a guy that could could come off the board in the middle rounds um, just because of the position he plays. And I, I personally think if he declares this year, which he's only a redshirt sophomore, so there's a good chance he decides to go back to school. Mm -hmm. But if he returns, I think he will be a first round pick. I really do. I really think he is that good just based upon the upside that he brings. But the fact, I mean, he's pretty polished for a redshirt sophomore. He's very technically sound. He has good footwork. Um, He's not slot. He's very neat snapping the football he's consistent in that aspect i i think if he declares i think he's gonna blow up the combine i think he's gonna put Mm. up great athletic testing numbers i think he could go as high as 15 overall oh wow i think he's that good i think i mean you're talking about some of the top centers that have come out lately creed humphrey um some guys like that i think he could be on that level um i still want to see a little bit more but i think he has the potential to be that good maybe even better if he reaches his full potential that sounds awesome. Uh, you know, he that Georgia team is just stacked again this mm-hmm. year. They're going to bring a lot of first-rounders into the equation again uh, in 2023. So uh, I'm excited for the draft already, man. But oh yeah, a lot left to the season still, still too. So, Well, Steelers fans, we are going to take our break. But when we come back, you don't want to miss this because we're going to take an idea Jeremy had. We're going to make this a reality. Drafting the Steelers' defense in order – of value. We'll explain mm-hmm. on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back 
to the second half of the Steelers fix. Andrew Wilbarn, Jeremy Betts, back with you. Jeremy, I'm excited for this. This is an idea you brought up to me on Sunday night before we recorded, uh, thinking of what we wanted to talk about on the show. And you brought up an idea of drafting the Steelers' defense based upon value. So what we're going to do, actually, I'll let you explain it. You sure. Can this is your idea. I'll let you go ahead and ex- tell the listeners what this means by drafting the Steelers defense in order of value. Yeah, basically, um, we're going to alternate picks. Uh, we're going to do like a, a snake draft. So um, we'll flip a coin um, and the winner will uh, pick, pick, have the first overall pick and then be able to go on from there. And then uh, basically, we're just going to draft uh, as players come off the board the next guy that we think is most valuable to the Steelers defense all the way down through um, 11 starters and we're going to actually do 12 players um, because um, it's even that way and so uh, we'll just keep it uh, there and it doesn't have to be like you don't have to have a certain number of players by position just whoever we think is most valuable to this team on the defensive side of the ball and I think uh, if not next week maybe soon we'll do the offensive side of the ball on this as well but um if that makes sense andrew i'm gonna flip a coin and uh we'll see who gets to to go first so it's just a regular quarter there's uh heads uh, and okay tails. i see heads all right let's okay. see and, and a tail okay all right we got no right, we got so no uh no trick quarter here yeah we've got no um uh, uh phil luckett here so yeah exactly all right <laughs> all right so you call it in the air all right here we go heads Okay. It is heads. Yeah. All right. So I'll let you pick. You want to go first overall or do you want to get the first snake? I'm going to go first overall. TJ okay. Watt is deserving. Now recognition. <laughs> I'm taking TJ Watt. Oh, yes. No brainer. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, just, just the impact he had today without making an impact on the stat sheet. He yeah. made the impact by others being able to contribute like Alex Highsmith. This guy... Yeah. I know Aaron Donald is on another level, but the best edge rusher for sure in the league, best pass rusher in the league, in my opinion, is no doubt TJ Watt. Some, and you can make yep. the argument at 75% health, this guy is the best edge rusher in the NFL, yeah. which is uncanny. Yes. And um, you could you could cancel all the voting and hand him the league MVP trophy right now because he means that much to this defense. Uh, you know, in my personal opinion, he's the most valuable player on any defense in the league. So easy number one overall pick for you there. And um, not just what he does to, for Alex Highsmith and Cam Hayward, but what, what he does for them is what creates these turnover opportunities in the secondary where he saw two interceptions uh, by the Steelers Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. And uh, that's, it's just, it wreaks havoc up front and that changes the whole game for the rest of the line uh, going forward. All right. So you had TJ Watt first overall. So that means I get two picks in a row here. I'm going to pick second, and then it's going to snake back to me at three before going to you at four. And at two, it's a little tougher, but I'm still going to go with Cam Hayward, all pro defensive tackle for the Steelers. And a lot of that isn't necessarily production, although we saw him uh, play a, a very productive game. Uh, against the run and, and push in the middle of the pocket against the pass, but it's for the leadership. It's for what he brings from an alpha dog mentality, keeping this unit together, even without TJ Watt 
on the field um, as well as he did as a testament to his ability to lead. And, uh, you know, the Steelers had some competitive games on defense against good offenses. Holding the Miami Dolphins to 16 points looks better by the week (laughs) with basically nobody. Uh, Tom Brady and company look a lot better against the Seattle Seahawks defense this morning in Germany than they have against a lot of teams all year. So that looks good for the defense. And uh, so, you know, it's like Cam Hayward's leadership cannot be underrated. He's number two for me. Number three. So I get, I get two really good players here. Uh, Number three, is Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm going to go there. I'm going to leave you uh, somebody else that uh, you've been hyping up. Uh, I think you'll probably take number four. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, Number three, Minka Fitzpatrick. Missed him today, but still, his impact when the whole defense is together, his ability to, uh, with with KZ in the mold, on the field now, man, I think he's going to be able to play robber all game long and really use his instincts to get into the play. And you saw him, big hits, uh, pass breakups, interceptions. He's the real deal. So he's number three for me. I can't disagree with that, honestly, but I've got to go with Alex Highsmith yeah. because they've proven <laughs> what they can do when they're together. I don't care. Yeah. Put a bunch of undrafted free agents on my defense. I got Alex Highsmith. I got TJ Watt. What <laughs> else more do you need? We're going to rush the passer. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to be sending out full out blitzes on every single play. And we're going to win. Yeah. Alex Highsmith, baby. I'm taking him one and then. The next one's tough. I'm going between two guys I really like and yeah. I really want to take. Yeah. I'm going to go with Terrell Edmonds here. No. Oh, no. I've got to go with Terrell Edmonds. <laughs> uh, I already got one safety. Table. I'm not letting you put yeah. the safety <laughs> together. Edmonds, <clears throat> man, you could make the argument. He's playing, even when Minka is fully healthy, you could make the argument the past few weeks, he's playing better than Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I don't think that's too far-fetched. He is doing everything that he needs to do for his job. He comes down and helps defend the run. He can cover the tight end. And whatever his assignment has been, the Steelers have been moving him around a little bit more as of late with Terrell Austin, which I think is honestly a really good decision for Terrell Austin. And give yeah. Austin some credit for the development that Edmonds has made, really taking that next step. Um, I think the only question now is, do the Steelers have the money to keep Terrell Edmonds long-term? Yeah. I think he means a lot more to this defense than what a lot of fans realize. I agree with that 100%. And anybody on social media or whatever still razzing on Terrell Edmonds, are you even watching the Steelers play football anymore? I mean, good grief. It's a narrative that has long since run its course. And it's a lot like, well, the Steelers offensive line is the reason for all of their problems this year. You're not watching football games. If that's that's what you uh, initially come to still, you're just going off of a – a pre now narrative that is, is irrelevant anymore. All right. So let's recap a little bit here. We've been through five picks now. I think it is. So you took TJ Watt. Then I took cam and Minka. And then you just took Alex Highsmith and Terrell Evans. You stole him from me, mm-hmm. man. So I'm going to go with a guy that the Steelers just brought onto the roster this year. Larry O, Larry Ogunjobi ah. on the defensive line. Mm. I got Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi on Larry my legend. roster here. Larry Legend, that's right. Uh, his ability against the run uh, was on full display against Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. Um, setting and holding in the hole, he is playing lights out in that regard. And a lot of people questioned – his ability to defend the run when people yeah. came here, they're like, oh yeah, he's just that defensive lineman who's going to add you know, an extra burst of pass rush you know, from the interior. Yeah. 
he's playing good. And really, I don't think any Steelers fans are missing Stephon Tuitt right now. And don't get me wrong. I appreciate Stephon. You know, I like, I liked Stephon Tuitt when he was fully healthy. He yeah. was a beat. But yeah. I don't think there's a huge drop off between him and Larry Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi is doing a fantastic job. Yeah, absolutely. The only drop off is in like the raw pass rush, I think. Yeah. But you've got enough guys to handle that as it stands. So, uh, Larry O makes my roster, and I'm debating real hard if I want to do this to you or not. But I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go with another player that was just brought in this year for the Steelers. I'm going Miles Jack. He is the most valuable linebacker on this team because he can work in, in multi-facets. And uh, his ability – um, and he didn't play at all against the Saints. Um, but his ability so far this year to uh, you know make plays on defense, to stuff the run, read the gaps, has been really good. And they're not using him a lot in pass coverage as much as they should, I think, w- with Robert Spillane's struggles in that area. But uh, it was a real debate for me between Miles Jack and another linebacker on this team. But I'm going to go with the former Jacksonville Jaguar as my number seven overall pick here. Andrew, who you got at number eight? You're the nicest Ohio State pick I am I've ever met. <laughs> you know I'm going with DB double five Devin Bush. Bush. He's underrated still. still. Uh, he's not been bad for the majority of the year. He really hasn't. It's yeah. just been cohesively as a unit. When the team has struggled, he struggled. But when you look at his individual body of work, he has shown improvement from last year. He is not what I had expected him to be. He is not what anybody expected him to be when the Steelers moved up 10th overall. And maybe he still becomes that in time. You know, He's still making some rookie mistakes, if that makes any sense. I mean, that's really yeah. his issues. I think his issues are fixable still. Uh, but he's a guy who's been a contributor on this defense. And when the team has played well, Devin Bush has played well. And yeah. I think he he is another guy who's going to feed off of TJ Watt pass rushing because when TJ Watt is in there, even though he's not in there to defend the run, it helps keep those inside linebackers clean. Again, because yeah. the attention that is brought to TJ Watt because of the fear that teams have about him. So I'm going with Devin Bush for one. And this is a testament to how bad I think the Steelers cornerbacks are. I'm going to take an injured William Jackson III right here in my (laughs) corner over any other Steeler corner on the roster right now. All of them? All of them. Definitely Akella Witherspoon. Definitely (laughs) Arthur Mollett. Levi Wallace, I know he had an interception today. He's slowly improving, but it's been a rocky road for him this year, which I liked the signing at first when I first heard that, you know, only $4 bucks. That's a nice deal, but uh, not – perform to the level I was expecting at all. And then Cameron Sutton, he is what he is. I'll take William Jackson not being available for the next four weeks for me, but then having him for the stretch, I'll take him hmm. over any Steelers corner currently on the roster, any other corner. All right. You going to take him over Cameron Sutton? It was close. Yeah. But Cameron I, Sutton, Sutton going into this first... game since the Saints against the Saints, I believe he was top seven in the league in – Passer rating allowed. He has not been bad. He really hasn't. But I just think overall down the stretch, when push comes to shove, I believe in William Jackson's overall ability to man up against, not that it matters in the Steelers scheme because we never man up against anybody. It's all zone. (laughs) But if I'm, if I'm trusting the guy, if there's anybody on this roster that I believe could on a good day, cover a team's number one receiver on an Island. I think it could be a healthy William Jackson. I don't trust any other Steelers corner to do that. 
Gotcha. Well, I'm going to go with Cam Sutton then as my next pick here. Um, like I said, uh, uh, doing a good job moving inside to outside. I think um, he's he's not been the problem in the secondary for the Steelers. It's been when they go the other way, <laughs> whoever's on the other side. And, uh, you know, William Jackson, if he comes back healthy in four weeks and Cam Sutton on the other side, that starts to look like a, a unit that you can that you can work with. Right in the secondary at cornerback it starts to look like a unit that can complement the rest of this defense instead of uh, being the thing that everybody else is trying to mask. Mm-hmm. So, and Levi Wallace um, coming on a little bit stronger has helped there too. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, with Cameron Sutton there. So, okay. That, that brings us to, was that 10? That was the 10th. I believe. Yes, because we, so yeah. we still have we have Levi Wallace, Arthur Millette, Montravius Adams, and who else are we missing? Or is it, oh wait, that's an odd that's an odd number because so yeah, that's eleven, yeah. and then you have one, and then wait so, a minute. Well, let's okay. So you picked first overall. I picked I first overall. So, so then I, I had fourth just, and fifth. Yep. And then, and then you just did seven and eight. I it would have been eight and nine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You just eight and did nine. Eight and nine, and then I am ten. So 11. I just did ten. You did ten. So I you have eleven 10. here. So then I have twelve and thirteen. You finish out with fourteen. Okay. So for eleven, I'm actually going to go with a guy that I didn't even remember to list here in our in our list. He's on injured reserve, and that is a rookie, and it's Demarvin Leal. And uh, when he was healthy and coming on, this guy was playing. Uh, in a an upward tra- trajectory for this defense, a guy that had uh, you thinking, man, maybe the Steelers really hit on a third round pick here, and uh, so I'm going to go with him over Montrevious Adams, who's been playing pretty well uh, in the middle in that rotation. But when he's healthy, um, Demarvin Leal gets in the quarterback's face. He's shown inside to outside ability to rush the passer and stop the run, so his versatility has been huge for this team as well. And uh, so I'm going to go with him. Uh, kind of off the board here, not even a guy I had listed for us to choose from, but uh, he's going to be uh, number 11, which brings us to the 12th man, the guy that uh, you think is valuable to this defense, even though he might not be a starter uh, when healthy or whatnot. Who's this? Who's the guy that kind of rounds out this group for you? Well, before we move on, I know we're up against the clock, but I want to ask you a quick question before I forget about Adams. Yeah. Do you think – he is playing well enough for the Steelers to forego drafting an interior defensive lineman in the draft this year. Cause we got some good nose tackles. We've been talking yeah. about them. Siaki Ika, Mozzie Smith. There's a lot of guys that could fit the mold of a Steelers nose tackle and sure. really get the Steelers back to like the Casey Hampton days with the defensive mm-hmm. tackle. Do you like Adams enough to forgo that position or do you still have an open mind about maybe adding someone there? I'm, I'm open-minded to it because you can never have too many of those guys. And um, I think, Montrevious Adams could be a cap casualty if the Steelers want to keep uh, a guy like William Jackson on the roster uh, next year. It, uh, because of his his cap hit, they're going to have to restructure a contract with him anyway. And Adams, uh, he's been he's been sketchy at times, flashy at times, but um, just overall, he's been playing better. So. That's not to say he doesn't deserve a look when it comes to contract time, but um, if if the Steelers end up with a top five pick and they can land a guy like Jalen Carter or one of these guys that you've mentioned in the top 10, 15, 
um, then by all means they should they should look that direction uh, because you can't championship teams the the Buffalo Bills the the San Francisco 49ers uh, even the the Kansas Kansas City Chiefs that they have rotational guys that come in and, and keep fresh and uh, you know if especially if you don't have a truly elite quarterback you've got to have um, bruisers on on the offensive and defensive line so I think that despite Adams's improvement uh, he's kind of peaked and you need a guy who's a little bit better if you want to be better along the defensive line moving forward. So you, so you took DeMarvin Leal and who else did you take? Uh, before that it was Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton. Okay. Yeah. As 10, at 10 and 11, Cam Sutton and then Leal. At 11. Okay. Well, I'm going to take Montrevious Adams. Okay. Um, you don't really have any room for a defense, any more defensive lineman anyways, but no, I'm full I, up. <laughs> I'm, I'll take, DeMar- I'll take Monta- Montrevious Adams, excuse me. And then, um, ugh, well, that's it. That's 12. That's 12. Okay. That's 12. You, you got your six now you got okay. TJ. Watt. I thought we were going to go to 14 to add an extra guy, but we could keep it at six. Oh, oh, oh. I thought we were going, well, at... we have enough guys to draft from. We still have quote unquote starters. Okay. Okay. Well, like let's do it. Akella Witherspoon and Levi Wallace and, uh, or, yeah. you, know, you can have, them. you can have, them. <laughs> I, th- I think, I think I'll just draft one. All right. Sounds uh, good. Yeah. We can end it there. Uh, that was yeah. fun. That was it fun. Was. I, I enjoyed it. We'll have to do that yeah. with the offense sometime. I think the offense, uh, are the corners are kind of like the offensive linemen on the Steelers right now. Yes, We're going to have they are. that same. Uh, There's a lot I mean, of them, and you don't want any of them, really. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Before we head out, Jeremy, at the bets 93, yep. what do you have coming on the Wets website? Uh, well, we'll have another updated power rankings, and this time we'll go back to actually power ranking the NFL teams instead of uh, my watchability rankings, which if you haven't checked those out, go and check that out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, watchability rankings for NFL teams not named the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then uh, thinking about uh, doing some more spotlight articles for uh, value-type players uh, in on the Steelers' uh, defense and, and uh, offense. So... Moving forward, if the Steelers are going to be competitive, there's there's uh, guys that are going to be key to that, um, that resurgence, if you will. So highlighting some of those guys moving forward is, is probably the direction I'm going to look for in writing uh, coming up. Follow me at Andrew underscore Wilbar. That is some good stuff. Make sure you can check out Jeremy's articles. Always very insightful. I'm going to have some draft content coming out like I do every week, the stock report and the preview uh jeremy do you have something to add uh well i was just gonna say the the stock reports are are amazing for for these uh prospects if you're not following the prospects yet you got to do that through these because they're it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun to see these guys and if you have a prospect that you want us to reach out to to potentially interview this spring at bt steel curtain and at the player that you want us to interview um, you, you can even reach out to them personally if you want to and tell them, you know, hey, you get you need to do it. Come to us first. <laughs> but <Right. laughs> no, um, seriously, if there's a player that you would really like to uh, hear us interview, maybe just a sleeper that nobody's talking about that you believe deserves some more recognition. Reach out to us. Let us know. Um, and we'll try to get them. We'll do our very best to try to get them on for an interview this spring. We're looking forward to more draft interviews as things roll along jeremy i know we enjoyed them last year we had our boy bailey zappy we had some yeah, other buddy. guys that have been some contributors you know Zacoby mclean he's hanging around on you know from 
you know, practice squad ish esque roster. You know, we yep. got some other guys that have you know been hanging around there. Uh, it was a lot of fun last year. Um, looking forward to doing it again. Hopefully, the spring. Yeah, hopefully, um, some we can get some high profile uh, prospects this next year if we get in early. We got in a little late on the interview right. things, so hopefully, we can uh, we can do that uh, in more of the these guys' uh, off season lulls. So we'll see what we can do. We'll get to that when we get to that. Enjoy the win, Steelers fans. We will see you back after hopefully another Steelers victory against the Cincinnati Bungles. See you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.